Welcome to Data Science Now, a podcast by Cluster, with your host, Fabio Vasquez. Today we'll continue last week's session, and we'll also focus on understanding and developing KPIs and the good, the bad, and the ugly of doing data science for businesses. Follow us on social media at Cluster Team. This is Data Science Now. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Data Science Now. We are live here on LinkedIn and also on Instagram. If you're not following me there, it's at Fabio Vaz. So welcome everyone to a new session of this, um, this idea we have on teaching you the basics of data science. Remember that we're live every Tuesday here. Uh, it's going to be live here on, on LinkedIn and also um, there on, 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 on Instagram. And the idea is for me to discuss the most important topics in the, uh, in the world of data science when you're doing a project. Right now, we are in the first step, and it's how data science works in a business environment. And the last session was the first part of business understanding. And business understanding is the first part, the first idea we have on talking about different topics that will help you understand better your business. So... Um, by the way, for the people watching me on uh, Instagram, if you want to get the slides and stuff like that, you have to go to LinkedIn. But okay, uh, we, uh, we talk about first how data science works in a business environment. We describe how to get the context of a company and a project. We then go uh, went uh, into talking about what to ask in a, a business meeting, how to behave in a business environment, And finally, how to understand the goals of a company and its departments. If you want to see uh, that and if you want to get that information, the podcast is published, the video is published as well. You can find all of that on YouTube, on Cluster. So if you search for Cluster on YouTube, you can get our, um, our video for every one of these sessions. If you search for Data Science Now uh, as well on Uh, on Spotify or iTunes or stuff like that, you, all, you will also find it. Finally, um, the newsletter contains more information, contains information about some links, some images. So if you want to get all of that, make sure to follow that newsletter on LinkedIn. Right now, we have almost 28,000 subscribers. Thank you very much for that. And hopefully, uh, we will get bigger and bigger so I can share more information with you. Okay, so let's get to business. The idea of this session is to discuss two important topics. The first one is how to understand and develop KPIs. First, I'm going to talk about what's a KPI. And then we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of doing data science in a business environment. And this is going to be from my personal experience, okay? So this is going to be more like a talk we have, you and me. Uh, so let's go for that. So let's, let's, let's get started uh, with the first part. And the first part is how to understand and develop a KPI. Um, a key performance indicator or KPI is a measurable, uh, um, measurable value that demonstrates how effectively a company is achieving key business objectives. I'm going to say that again. A KPI is a measurable value that demonstrates Uh, how effectively a company is achieving key business objectives. So the, uh, you, you can imagine that developing KPIs is a huge part of doing uh, things right in a data science process. Um, I actually learned this from my friend Matt Dancho. Uh, again, I think we've mentioned him as 
several times in these episodes. Um, he's one of the greatest scientists I've ever met, and he's just very cool. He knows what he's doing. He has a company called Business Science, and in that company, he's teaching people uh, how to do all of this with R. My idea is to, uh, is to teach you how to do it with Python and other th uh, things we're going to be seeing later. Um, so most of what I'm going to cover here comes from his studies and, re and, and research. By the way, I created an article with him, um, I think two years ago, uh, and I, I mentioned this as well. The article was about how to create an, a, an agile way of performing business science or data science for businesses. So you can find that. I will put the link to that later in the newsletter so you can find it there. So let me, I, I, I want to get started by thinking about the process of data science. So I want to see one image, please, the first one. I, I want to see the first image. So in this first image, what you're seeing is what we call the CRISP. Or uh, this is the methodology developed by IBM. And they developed this for data mining, not for data science. So this is kind of old, not, not, not that old, but kind of old. Um, and it has several processes. The first one is business understanding. So we're very close to that here. Then you go to data understanding. Then you go uh, to the world of data preparation. Then you go to the world of uh, modeling, then evaluation, and then deployment. In the center of all of that, you have the data. And as you can see, it's um, a linear process that is actually uh, that it's actually linear, but you can go back. I don't think that they created uh, like this circular thing you're seeing there, it's supposed to mean that you can go back, but I don't think it's that clear. I, I, I don't think they made such a good job thinking about how you can go back and forth between these, um, these parts. So this is why um, in data science, I mean, we like this. Most people are using CRISP right now, um, but most of us are moving into the world of more advanced techniques and maybe you need something else. So this is not that well detailed. So I want to go to the second, uh, the second image. And the second image is the process created by my friend Matt Dancho. Okay, so um, uh, my uh, my friend he uh, he worked for businesses for a while, and he worked for different types of scenarios and different types of of, of companies. And after doing all of that, he created this. Um, so this methodology is called the business science problem framework. All right, and what's the idea of this methodology? Is to go from basic understanding of an idea in data science to the actual thing, to the actual deployed model. So that's what you want to see. You want to get from basic ideas, you want to get from there to an actual deploy model that you can monitor. Um, I want to make sure that you understand that this is part of what we are creating. We're creating something bigger because we're gonna, uh, we will be putting some stuff from data operations and our final methodology will be a little bit bigger maybe and maybe uh, more complete, but this is a great step. This is a great step um, uh, that will guide us in the process of understanding stuff. So 
The first thing you see here, uh, I'm not going to talk about everything in this um, slide because uh, it's kind of big and you can have a whole session on this. And Matt is also, is also doing that. So if you want to understand the whole process of business science, go to his webinars and go to his webpage uh, and you'll get more information. I want to focus on two, uh, two parts here. As you can see, the crisp... The, Data mining um, that we uh, we saw before is already here. You see that in the bottom of of, of this image, you have crisp crisp uh, DM, and this is the methodology for doing data mining. So what Matt did was built on top of crisp DM. That was his idea. Like this works, a lot of people are using it, so I want to help people that are, are already using crisp DM to go to the next level. And again, I'm not going to go to the whole process, but I'm going to go to the, the first part uh, is understanding the drivers. So before creating these metrics for understanding your business, you need to understand what, uh, if your objectives are, are, are being met. Uh, you need to think about the drivers of your problem. What is driving your issues? And that's not an easy thing to do. And again, we're not yet in the process of data collection or, or data understanding, uh, but we're going to go there very soon in the next episodes. So right now, what, what, what we're thinking is that with all of the things I, I, I covered in the last session about how to behave in meetings, what to ask, stuff like that, you can start thinking about how to get into these uh, drivers and how to understand them. And then you have to create some hypotheses. And this hypothesis will make you or will allow you to have um, a better understanding on what, of, of what you're doing. And maybe you can maybe think, okay, I think that this problem is caused by this. So just, that's your hypothesis. And you're going to be seeing in the process of data science if it's true or not. Great. So the next part is called measure the drivers. And in there, you get the process of collect the data. I'm not going to go there right now. But it says develop KPIs. So KPIs, again, are key performance indicators. You really want to understand what's a KPI. Again, this is not, this is not a KPI session. Uh, we could have that in the future. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but there are great resources that you can find more information about KPIs. If you want to know more about that, make sure to follow these, the, the, the newsletter because I'm going to put all the links in there. So, um, again, um, how to start thinking about um, a KPI and what's an example of a KPI? So, in the article that he wrote about this process that I'm also going to link in the newsletter, uh, he, he has an example on customer churn. Churn is a process when a customer leaves, stops buying for you. When he stops buying from you or she stops buying for you, that's called a churn. So we normally uh, do, for and, and if you're doing data science, you may know about this because it's a very common example that you build in companies, and it's a classification problem. You, you, you want to see if someone will churn or not, depending on their characteristics. Um, but in this example that he creates for, for, for churn, uh, he starts thinking about a KPI. 
and how can he measure all of this stuff? So KPIs are for measuring things. So you need to measure stuff to see if you're going in the right direction. And that's also true in data science. And for most business cases, you will need to understand the KPIs the company have or maybe create new KPIs. So an example of a KPI here, and this is for the churn example, okay? We will see more uh, later in the session. Uh, for example, personal turnover, um, inventory availability percentage, supply average lead time, um, average lead time. So those are KPIs and th those are metrics. So you can measure this. You can measure the average lead time. You can measure the supply average lead time. So this will give you an idea um, if first these KPIs are working or not. That's important. And also you can see and, and you will need um, a way to measure these KPIs. And that's the basic idea here. So measuring these KPIs will take you to go to the data. You will need to analyze the data to be able to understand these KPIs and see if they're being met or not. So this, um, these KPIs um, are widely used in the world of churn, but it's just an example. Every company has KPIs. Every company, every department has KPIs. And sometimes even projects have KPIs. So um, the idea here, and this is what I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, you need, I mean, before thinking about developing a KPI, you need to understand and measure the drivers that I mentioned there. And so... I took two key points from the article of Matt Dancho, and these two key points are that collecting data takes time, but you don't let it, but you don't need to let it stop you. Uh, it might require effort to set up processes to collect the data, but develop a strategy. Uh, data sources becomes a competitive advantage over time. So we're not in the process yet of, of data collection. We're going to go there in the next session, I think. Uh, but right now, understand that for you to be able to measure the KPIs or to be able to um, decide when a KPI is working or not, you're going to need to have some metrics and you're going to need to go and get the data. Now, uh, now notice that KPIs requires knowledge of customers uh, and, and the industry, all right? you need to realize that a wealth of data is available outside of the company as well. You need to learn where this data um, is um, held and you need to become, and, and if you can find external data, that can also become a tremendous asset. So KPIs are not only internal, and I'm going to give you an example very soon of this. Uh, sometimes you need to measure stuff internally, but you need also to compare that with external sources. I mean, how well am I doing with my competition? Am I behind it? Am I above the competition? Those questions are important because you may think that you're, you're doing the worst, that you're, you're not in a good position. But then when you see others, you see, oh, I, was mis I mean, I was not doing that bad. I mean, I want to do better, and that's great, but I was not doing as bad as I thought. So, um, again, KPIs can be internal and can be external. For example, in the process here of, of churn of customers, 
you can, if you do your, your research, you can find out that maybe a good number for churn, like for customer churning in your company monthly could be like 5% or 6% or 10%, something like that. And so you can measure how you're, how you're doing. If you say, if you see that you're losing 45% of customer each, uh, like, from the amount you have each month, that's maybe kind of bad. So you want to change stuff. But you can also discover something tricky. And this is a tricky part. And I want you to listen very carefully. Not every KPI works. Not every KPI will on, uh, will let you to the process of getting better, of getting results. Some KPIs may sound awesome in paper, but they're not related to your objectives. So you have basically two things. You need to have objectives to, that you want to meet. You want to, I don't know, improve, you, you want to improve this, the satisfaction of your customers. You want to get more customers. You want to get more clicks. You want to get more people in to see your products. You want to uh, down the size of people leaving the company. Uh, you want to measure whatever you want, okay? So that's what you want to measure, okay? It's, that's not the same as your objectives. Your objectives are, I mean, uh, it's that, 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 that thing you really want to happen, you want to be the, I don't know, you want to be positioned as the best company selling socks in Mexico. Or you want to be the best, uh, uh, the, the best marketing company here. That can be an objective. But KPIs are the ways so you can measure how well you're doing to find and get your objectives. Okay. So um, right now we, we've been t um, talking about KPIs, what they are how to measure them, and for measurement, unique data. So you need to wait until next session where we go to, to do the world of data collection in where I'm going to be talking about how to collect data to measure the drivers that you saw before and to start thinking about how well or bad you're doing. So um, now that we, we, we got that, sometimes you also need to develop new KPIs. If you go to a company, maybe you're a consultant, and you go there and you have a project, and they, and they tell you, man, we're doing really bad, uh, we are losing money, we're losing customers, we don't know what's happening, uh, and you have to ask them, what are your KPIs, what are you measuring? So, And they will give you a list all right, of, oh, we're, we're measuring this and this and this, and this is uh, our process of getting those KPIs. So if you're going there and you're collecting the data and you're understanding and measuring how well or bad the company is doing, you also need to see how well those KPIs correlates to the business objectives. If you find that these, uh, these KPIs may sound great, but they are not measuring the actual problems, you need to create new KPIs. And creating KPIs is not always that simple because you need to remember that KPIs need to be something that you can measure and you need to be measuring that accurately. You don't want to miss that. You want to get the number. You want to get that right number. So to be able to do that, you're going to need um, to develop a whole strategy to understand more about the company, more about the context of the department and the problem to be able to really create a KPI that can um, connect to your objectives. Uh, again, 
This can be from maybe some templates. There are KPI templates. Uh, there are well-measured KPIs that you can find online that works. So this is also very important. Sometimes if you are working in a company, you may think that everything is new for you, but not for everyone. And there has been, and maybe there are papers or books or material or blogs about what you're trying to do. And you can also go online and find great statistics from great, great web pages that can help you understand uh, like better or more about this company that you're trying to build or this project you're, you're trying to build. And you can see like what KPIs are, there, are they using. There's a web page called KPI Portfolio, something like that. I will put that later in the, in the newsletter when it's published. You, you're going to get it there. That has some templates for KPIs. So if you're working for marketing, they say, hey, we have these 10 templates for KPIs that we know they work because we have used them or there are great companies in the world that have used them and they work. So you can start from there. You can start from, from, from thinking, okay, what are people using in the industry to measure this? Because those KPIs are being created by experts, business experts, that they know what to see and they know what to create. Um, maybe in different sessions we can talk about if machine learning can help you to create KPIs. That's a question I will leave for now. But... Okay, so right now you have that there are some KPIs maybe in that project. You need to see if they're being measured, how they're being measured. You need to understand those KPIs. And also you need to, to find a way um, of seeing if, if those KPIs are, getting, are being related to your objectives. If not, you need to develop new KPIs. You can get started by seeing other people doing it. You can get started by thinking about what others are doing in the world of data science or in the world of marketing or in the world of um, uh, supply chain to measure stuff and you can get from there. Um, if you don't find what you want to see, then you can start creating KPIs from scratch. And the first thing you need to remember if you're doing that is, is that they need to be measured some, they need to measure something and you need to be able to get the data to measure that thing. If you want to see something that it looks like looks great, but you don't have the data to measure it, it will not work as a KPI. So the first thing is that something that needs to be measured and you need to have the data to measure that. You can even create a process to, to, to get new data to develop a new KPI that can also be the case, but we'll talk about that later. Great. Uh, there's another source of information. I want to go to the next slide, please. Um, there's another source of, of, of information, and this is an article from Ori Cohen. And he developed um, a whole strategy to create um, a, a KPI for business products for data science. So uh, this is not the same, maybe, as the uh, on how math is viewing stuff. I'm going to be linking the article that you're, uh, you're seeing right now. Uh, for the people on Instagram, you're only seeing me. But for the people on LinkedIn, they're, they're seeing right now uh, this live. And there's a process there. And the process is to go from the business product KPIs and goals to a solution delivery. Um, and so sometimes you will need to be able to do a lot of different stuff. And I'm going to uh, talk about that briefly right now. So um, this person here, Ori Cohen, I'm going to be 
put in his article later in the um, uh, newsletter, he says that research processes take time. And to achieve a, a certain goal, researchers may check many possible solutions. In practice, this can take weeks. So having a, a business product KPI first allows stakeholders to be in agreement allow us data scientists to, fo to be focused on a solution that satisfies the business need. And finally, it is more agile as it prevents unneeded long iterations without a clear defined goal. So this is an amazing thing that he said here. I'm going I'm, I'm to read it again so you can hear it very carefully. He said, having a business product KPI first allows stakeholders to be in agreement, allow us data scientists to be focused on a solution that satisfies the business need, and finally, it is more agile, as it prevents unneeded long iterations without a clear defined goal. This has great words. The word agile that we're going to be seeing a lot in these sessions is going to be important later, and the word agreement is important. Um, you're going to be seeing that it's very important that both the stakeholders, the business people, and the data scientists team, they, they need to be in an agreement of what they want to see, what they want to measure, what they want to have in the end of the project. And also allow us data scientists to be measuring stuff all the time um, and, we, and, and do our research in, uh, with a focus on building a product that will satisfy the need of the customer of, or the business people or the stakeholders. All right, so in here you have a process that he says that you need to go from, sorry, from these KPIs to some research. You need to do um, a, a validation of these goals and you need to go back. And I like this because it's a process that you can iterate going back and forth. You need to validate your goals. And if the, the is not successful, you can go to the first part. And this is very important. Sometimes you need to get started from, the, from, from scratch. Sometimes you, you see that, almost in the end of, of a project, you're not meeting the requirements. And if you go back, that doesn't mean that you will start from scratch everything. That means that you can take information from the future and put it into your past knowledge and improve that so now you have better understanding of what you're doing. Finally, you want to get your solution delivered. And This is, this is the problem of what I'm seeing with everything I'm showing you right now. I, I, I want to take the, the image out now, please. Um, mm -hmm, mm, zero, no image. So I want to make you understand something. We've seen here a lot of different slides and, and diagrams. The problem for me is that they're... Um, they're tackling a problem. They're attacking something and they're doing a great job by doing it, but it's not a complete process. And I think that one of the only ways we as data scientists and me personally have been able to understand this in a global scenario is with the world of data operations. And I think when we go to data operations, you will try to, I mean, you'll see a better picture of how this will incorporate with the business science problem framework. And you'll see more information. You're going to see a lot of different things that are going to be very important. Uh, but, and there are just pieces. I, I feel like right now in data science, we have great people talking about amazing stuff and they're building pieces that 
I think the people that created data operations are putting together. And I want to share that with you. And very soon when we go to the world of um, to data infrastructure and data ops, you're going to see more about that. Great. So um, just to close this first session, the, sorry, this first part of the session, uh, we talk about KPIs, key performance indicators. They help you understand and measure stuff for a project, for your business, for everything you want to think about uh, in a business scenario. And they work in a way that you need to measure them. You need to have a way of measuring how well or bad you're doing with those KPIs. And those KPIs, need they need to be tied to your business objectives. If you don't tie your KPIs to your objectives, you're getting nowhere. You can be measuring different stuff and you can spend months getting the data to collect it and then to, uh, to measure stuff that it's not going to work for what you want to see. Um, and finally, we learned that some people are experts in creating KPIs, and these people, um, they have shared the, their knowledge. You can find papers, blogs, articles, books on creating KPIs for different types of companies, and you can start from there. You can get started by seeing what others are doing, because sometimes they're, they, they do good for that. Sometimes you see that they're not good for you, and yes, you can develop uh, KPIs from scratch, that, that can happen as well, uh, but always get started from known stuff. Get started with um, ideas and with knowledge that you know it, uh, that works because others have used it and, they, and it's worked for them. If you see that it's not working for you, you can create new stuff, but first always start with the things that are there so you don't lose time maybe going into the re rabbit hole of creating stuff that already exists. Finally, I want to go to um, the new, uh, the, the other piece. It's called the good, the bad, and the ugly of doing data science for businesses. And I want to talk to you about some examples from my personal life. Um, when you get started in the world of data science, when you get started in the world of doing programming and, and doing machine learning for companies, um, you, I mean, and I made that mistake that you think that everything will go fast, that everything is like you're working alone and it's not like that, right? So one of the bad things or working in a business scenario is that you have to get used to the pace of the company. You, you want to you wanna get the time um, to understand that a lot of processes take time and projects maybe take months or years, so that's not you. Uh, you're not used to that, maybe because you've been working in the academia or you're working in different types of companies. But for most companies, and this is my personal experience, stuff takes time because you need to align a lot of different people into one specific um, goal, and that takes time. And also develop the the codes, uh, the infrastructure, getting the the right people involved, rendered writing the documentation, developing the algorithms, deploying the algorithms, it all takes time. So don't rush. I mean, I know that the business environment are also heavy sometimes. You get pressure on building stuff. One of the KPIs, one of the most common KPIs is time to market. That is how much time it, it's taking you to go from scratch to a, a, a deploy model. 
And I know that some people measure that. And it's important. Okay, you don't want to wait 50 years to do a project. Maybe you don't even have one year to do it because it's something that needs to happen now. Uh, you have the necessity, something like that. So yes, the, it, it, there can be pressure for that. But try to not get uh, lost in all of this desperation and take your time. Um, get the pace of a company and you will do better. And I want to give another example. Let's say you're working for a healthcare company, all right? Let's say you're working for a hospital, something um, simpler. And so you realized, and this is something that happens, by the way, that let's say we are right now May 28. Okay, it's now my, uh, May 28. Let's say uh, that for the next week, June 4, all right? For June 4, uh, we have scheduled five um, five operations, all right? So for June 4, we have set up five operations. So when you, need, when you need to do an operation, you need to get people. You need to get a lot of people involved. You need the physician, you need the crew, you need the, the tools, you need the room for doing uh, that, and you need to set up a specific set of intervals because if you have five, and let's say you even have one or two rooms for doing your operation, you may need to be able to see how much time it will take and, and stuff like that, right? So there's, there, there are a lot of things involved in the process of understanding a hospital that I will not um, tell you right now, but um, w you can start thinking about those, those two things, tools and rooms, and um, the world of people, like physicians, doctors, uh, nurses, stuff like that. So, let's say that, again, for next week, you, uh, you, four, you have five operations for that day. Let's go to the future right now. And let's go to tomorrow. Tomorrow, three more operations are set on that specific day. So you need to get, again, more people because they only can happen that day for some reason. So you need to get more people uh, to, to, to build that system for the operation. Then the next day, in, like in, in, in two days, four more operations are there. And whenever, and, and so you, start, you started with five. And let's say that one day before the operation day, you have uh, 15, all right? So you have... 15. Um, and it's kind of interesting that you can start thinking about on the process of modeling um, the amount of people that will get a surgery on a day. All right? So this happens in a lot of hospitals. They try to do the best to predict how many people are going to be in one specific day for surgery. Because they, they have to prepare the doctors, they have to prepare the room, they have to prepare everything so it works. And if you see, we, we, got, we, we have a progression. Whenever the day is closer, we have more and more people getting surgery in that specific day. So whenever you model that, and, and let's say now you're being hired as a data scientist for that hospital, and they tell you, Fabio, we have this problem. We want to predict 
how many people will get surgery uh, for the next two months. And you have three years of data, all right? And you know these two things. You know how many people were um, put there or, or scheduled uh, for surgery um, um, like 20 days above, um, before the actual day. So you, you have for May 28, 20 days before that, Uh, you you had one operation, uh, 19 days before you had four, 18 days you had 13, uh, I don't know, 10 days before you had 100. So you can start seeing that progression. So let's say you're working uh, with this hospital and they tell you to create a model for that. Understanding the business context in this case is crucial. If you only use the final day, So if you see, oh, I want to use only like the actual data. That means like you go to the past and see how many surgeries happened, like actually happened that day. So you're, you will be able to create a model because everyone can create a model. It's super simple. I mean, the easiest part of all of this is modeling right now. I'm going to show you great tools that are going to help you create machine learning models very fast. This is not the, the most important piece of, in, in data science. It's understanding what you need to do. So you have this problem. If you only use that day, it's not going to work because you, uh, it, you will not be able to understand that this is a process that changes in time and you need to use all of those dates. So when, and, and let's say you, build a model with all the dates, like 20 days before, 19 days before, 15 days before, and all of that. You have all that data. You create your, your model. You, 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 you do your best. And now you have four models. Okay. The first one predicts how many surgeries will happen one day before, right? So if you, um, uh, the, if you're a data scientist, the people in the hospital will only be able to ask you one day before how many surgeries will happen in the next day. And the accuracy for that model is, let's say, 95%. You're super happy and you say, oh, yeah, 95% is awesome. But one day before, will that be enough? Let's see. The second model is performing a little bit worse. It's 90%. And it can predict four days before. Okay, so four days before, you can predict how many surgeries will happen in that day, but you have 90% uh, of, of accuracy. It's less, it's, it's less than the first one. The third model has an accuracy of 85%, and it can predict seven days, so one, day, one week before it happens, what will happen later. The final model is, um, uh, let's say, uh, an 80% of accuracy, and it, it can predict two weeks before. So I, I know this is kind of tricky, so I'm going to uh, put all of this in the newsletter if you want to read it more carefully. But the idea here is that you have different models with different sets of accuracy that can um, help you um, predict how many, how many surgeries will happen Three days before, sorry, one day before they happen, three days, seven days, or two weeks, or, or 14 days. The, the one with the best accuracy is the first one. 
So if you only think as a machine learning engineer or as a machine learning researcher or AI researcher, you will get always the best model because you don't have the context of the business. If you're working as a data scientist and you understand all of this, you will see that one of the KPIs that these people are measuring in the hospital is with with how many days in advance we can tell our doctors and our crew to be prepared for a surgery. If you are a doctor and you're hearing this, you know how crazy it gets. You know how uh, how fast things can change in a hospital and you can get assigned more hours and you have to work double shifts. So it's kind of tricky. And if you want to keep your your people happy, if you have this model, that will be awesome. So when you add context into that model, one of the ways, I mean, I, I think the one I will choose is at least seven days before. It's not the best accuracy, okay? It's not the best model because it, it gets fewer predictions, okay? So you will be getting some errors, but you can tell seven days in advance the people that they will perform surgery and like there's 90% of chance that that will happen and that's very cool. That's a good model. So adding the um, context to your model is crucial. If you're only working, I mean, if you're doing research, don't worry about any of this. If you're doing research, get your best accuracy. Don't worry about anything else. If you're doing data science, you, you're, not a, 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 you're not only a researcher. You're doing research, of course, but you need to, to be tied to KPIs and business objectives. So one of, that's one of the, the, the uh, not bad or ugly but complicated things in working in business environments. You need to understand that it's not the same world as in the, in the academia. Um, sometimes you get frustrated, and that's one of the ugly parts of working in businesses. And, and I think that, works, that, that happens everywhere. Frustration is part of working, and you need to be able to work on your frustrations to be able to use them for your benefit. Try to, 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 to see... Uh, Right now, I'm not getting the best model or I'm not getting the best accuracy or I, I don't understand the process. I don't have the best KPIs. That's fine. That will happen to you thousands of times. You need to be able to understand that science is a process and science needs time and patience. And you will, be, and, and, and you will get there. Don't worry. You will get there. But you need time to be able to prepare for that. Cool. So um, I, I think if I will... If I have to say what's the best part of working in a business environment, I think it's um, meeting great people. I think if you work in a company, you get to meet your new friends, maybe your next wife, your next husband, you don't even know. So it's kind of interesting to have that dynamic. I think people interactions are important. Right now we're working from home because of the pandemic. It doesn't matter. We still have that connection. We talk, we talk to people. So it's, that, I think that's for me, one of the best things. And also, you learn a lot. You learn a lot in working for businesses. If you're only working in research in the, or in the academia, I think 
it will benefit a lot. I mean, you, you can benefit a lot from working at least one year in a company. I think it's very, it's, it's very interesting. And there are different types of companies. You have startups, you have big companies, and, and they have different dynamics. And one of the cool things about, about working for companies is this. You get to know more dynamics. You, you get to, mer- to meet uh, more people that are not in the same place as, uh, as you are or know different stuff. Multidisciplinarity teams are awesome. You meet new people. You need more, uh, more interesting um, things that you, you, you didn't know before. Uh, one of the bad parts of working for companies, I think, will be if your company have, uh, if, if that has a toxic environment, that's awful. And I sadly I was I've been I mean I've worked in the past in toxic environments and it's not the best. I know uh, you get frustrated and it's not easy. You don't get any help. So I think that's one of the the the, the worst parts uh, of working for for some companies is the environment. Maybe it's not the best for innovation or for you or for working. Um, or one of the other bad parts is also thinking about. Maybe uh, like big commutes. If you need to be able, if you want to go to a company, sometimes it can be far away from where you are and that's maybe a, something that you don't like. So that could happen. If you're working from home, you don't have that issue. Uh, but that, that that can be one of the bad, the bad parts. I didn't like that as much. Right now I'm working from, from home. My I have a home office here. So I'm happy for, uh, for that and, and with that because I didn't like the commute uh, to go to work. Um, I, I think the ugliest part of working uh, for for companies is when you don't have a good team or when you're expected to do stuff yeah, 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 that you don't know how to do or you don't do a good research. I mean, you cannot blame it. You, you cannot blame the others for everything that's happening. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they'll have some of the fault, but maybe you didn't do your research very good for uh, for the project or the company, and you're working for something that you really don't want to work. Maybe you're being asked to do stuff that you don't you you never thought you were doing, and you're you're frustrated. You think I'm not doing data science. I wanted to do modeling. I'm not happy here. So that's one of the ugliest part because leaving a company is not a comfortable process. You have to give your two weeks announcement and you have to uh, like give your your letter of, of resignation it's not comfortable for anyone or you can even head, get fired and that happens sometimes so that's i think that's that's one of the ugliest part of working for four people or even if you're the boss you you always get uh these uncomfortable situations but I think the, uh, the, the good parts are much more important than just focusing on the bad stuff. I think working in business environments are, is, is, is awesome. You learn a lot. And data science was built for that. Data science was built to work in a business. And all that I'm going to be showing you in all of these weeks is how to really use data science to solve business problems. And that's the main use of data science, to solve business problems. If you are not solving business problems, you're maybe doing machine learning, research, whatever, but you're not, you're not doing data science. So with that, I conclude the episode of today. I know it was, it, it was kind of long because I covered different stuff. And um, again, this is going to be published very soon as a newsletter, as a newsletter, sorry. Uh, and you will also get the video uh, on YouTube. Please follow us on Cluster. Uh, you will also get uh, the uh, 
the information for uh, the next episodes if you follow me or cluster. So you can follow me at Fabio Vast. You can see my, uh, that is on Instagram and in Twitter or Facebook. And uh, you can follow Cluster uh, at Cluster Team. And I think it's going to be interesting if you're there uh, because we're, we're always sharing what we're going to do and the things we're, we're going to be showing. So uh, please follow us there. And um, let me see if I have any questions right now. Uh, oh, Matt was here. I don't know if he's still here, but uh, Matt joined. And the cool thing is that I don't know if he's here. Yet, um, if he's here yet, but um, uh, he is one of the inspirations I have, and I'm, I'm hoping to work more with with Matt in the future. Please follow him. It's at uh, Business Science. It's his company. It's one of the great places to work uh, and, and 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 learn data science. And maybe if you work if, if you work with, with R, that's the best place for you. Um, so I want to thank everyone uh, for being here. Also, the people on uh, on Instagram. Uh, hopefully, this this will get published very soon as a newsletter, and you'll get all of the links. Remember to follow us on social media at Cluster Team, and that we're gonna be here live every Thursday. I, I, I want to thank my team, Gabriel, Elen, and Hazel, the Cluster Team. We're here to help you. We're here. We're here to help you understand data science so you can really transform your business and your life. So thank you very much, and see you next week. Bye bye.